Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is Az and the Game Week 17 content is starting to pick up a little bit. I think we're, we're kind of still at the early stages, but over the next few weeks it's massively going to uh, ramp up. But we've got some more first drafts for you and today I'm joined by FPL Harry himself talking about his slightly template first draft, just to give a bit of a spoiler. That's how you play, isn't it Harry? You're a template manager sometimes. That's so harsh, but I like to I like like my little safety blanket of not yeah. things going horribly wrong. The past couple of weeks before the break, I had quite a few differentials in my team, which didn't pay off. So I'm mm. quite looking forward to game week 17 coming back and putting that safety blanket back on. Well, I, I make the same mistake every every year, everything. I you know I, I have a nice safety blanket over me. I feel all warm and and cozy, and then. 15 minutes before the deadline, I ripped the safety blanket off and yeah. put a lot of razors on myself or something just to ease the pain. Because, yeah, I mean, my, my game week was a disaster, game week one, um, because of that. So I think there is going to be quite a strong template that emerges with a few kind of players in and out. Um, and I think yours, it's good to actually get this one in early because I think this is going to be a quite a popular draft that, that people look at. Um, how much have you been thinking about game week 17? Have you been enjoying the break in the World Cup or have you been... Thinking about I've been enjoying the break. I've been enjoying the World Cup a lot. Um, I'm starting to get to the point where, not that I'm not enjoying the World Cup, but I'm like looking forward to Premier League football mm. being back. Like already, the thought of Boxing Day, the thought of FPL being back, I am looking forward to. I am enjoying the World Cup, and again, England winning um, yesterday. Hopefully, another win against France. Although that's going to be a big test for us. And then if if that doesn't go well, then I think you know we might start looking at game week 17 a bit more. But the past week or so especially after the um, group stages where we started to see a few big names and a few big countries get knocked out, they have quite big implications yeah. on our drafts for game week 17. So from then, I've actually started to look at it a little bit more. A few players who I didn't necessarily think I'd have in my team straight away have actually appeared in my draft as a result. So, And again, I know my team's a little bit template, but as we said, my team value is pretty high. So it does allow me to stretch mm. past that template a little bit as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people will try. I haven't, got, I haven't got your team on the screen yet, but I think a lot of people are going to try and get your team and then realise that they can't mm. and then have to make some some sacrifices kind of uh, elsewhere. So yeah, it's quite a big advantage, isn't it? Having this, having this you know, kind of free wildcard in a sense. And then if you've built up your team value, uh, you, you should you know you should be on course have a good good second half yeah absolutely and again there are a few obvious places in my draft where you could probably cut back on a little bit of budget so it is doable but i do like what i'm i've been able to get to yep 
Right, I would say enough teasing, but we've got a little bit more teasing before we get into your uh, draft. Uh, just a shout out to TalkSport, who are sponsoring uh, our videos across the World Cup. Uh, you might have seen that TalkSport are hosting these uh, fan zones uh, in London, in Leak Street Arches in Waterloo, which is where uh, Fest uh, happens. And essentially, they're showing all the football in a big, uh, you know, a, a big kind of hall with, with loads of booze and, and people watching the games. Uh, or soft drinks, if you're not uh, a drinker. Uh, but you can grab a ticket for £10, or there's like a VIP package uh, as well. Um, check out the link in the description if you're interested. Uh, tomorrow, on Tuesday, it is uh, Morocco versus Spain at 3 o'clock, and Portugal versus Switzerland in the evening. And then on Friday, that's when we move into the quarterfinal games. Uh, we don't know what the early game is going to be yet, but we do know that the, the evening game is going to be Argentina versus Netherlands. Uh, and then on Saturday, that's the big one, England versus France uh, in the evening, and we don't know when uh, the what, you know what the afternoon game is. But it's getting. I mean, it's already two big quarterfinals, isn't it? Argentina, Netherlands, yeah. and England, France. I love that. There's not been really any upsets as well so far in the in the round of sixteen as well. So it does look like those quarterfinal ties are going to be going to be big. I'm root, I'm rooting for South Korea against Brazil. I think that could be that would be a big upset. It's, it's, it, it it could, but I I can't see it happening. <laughs> no, I, I cannot see it happening. Nor can I, but I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, right now, that is enough teasing. Let's go into uh, your draft. Uh, so again, I've set this up on on FPL team. How I think you're um, going to be lining up for game week 17. Mm-hmm. If you stick with this draft, for example, obviously changes can be made, which is the disclaimer on all of these videos, these early drafts. Uh, we've got Kepper in goal and Ward. I think that's going to be in pretty much every uh, draft that I do uh, on, on the channel. Uh, you've got White, Cancelo and Trippier, uh, Almiron, Martinelli, Salah, De Bruyne, uh, Mitrovic, Haaland and Martial up top and then a bench. Cheap but good looking bench of Dallo, Patterson, uh, Andreas. Yeah. So it's the it's the three of isn't it? That's, that's the main thing. I think that's going to be the big uh, the difference in, way, in, in ways which people go. I mean, I can't afford this team and Cancelo, for example. Mm-hmm. So if I want to go for the three-mium, I'm going to have to make those sacrifices in defence. Because your team value is so good, you haven't even had to make that sacrifice. You've got a good-looking defence and the three-mium. It's looking strong, Harry. Yeah, it has. It's literally 0.0 million in the bank as well. So wow. when I was putting it together and I was like, oh, I couldn't actually had Castagna in there. And I was like, oh, I can't afford him. So I downgraded him to Patterson, which I don't actually mind. It is it is a freemium. And that's probably the big thing which I need to decide between now and uh, game week 17 is do I want both of Salah and Haaland or do I, sorry, Salah and De Bruyne, or do I downgrade one of those to the likes of Foden or do I go with Darwin? Again, Darwin being knocked out of the World Cup. Mm. A lot of the talk was, you know, with Firmino, with Jota, with Diaz, with Salah all being at home, Nunes isn't going to get that much of a look in or he's not going to be nailed like we thought he would when game week 17 comes around. But if he's already out of the World Cup, when game week 17 comes around, he'll have had almost a month's rest, a month back with the team. So he could be fine to pick. But then that would be selling Salah. I could downgrade De Bruyne. I could go to Foden. But if Foden and England are going to go far in the tournament with De Bruyne going out already, I can't see myself wanting to go into that without De Bruyne because I just think he's going to start every game. Cancelo is an interesting one. I'm not necessarily certain he's worth the 7.2. He's in there because I do still think he's the most nailed Manchester City defender. But again, the only concern with them is if they do go far in the tournament, they could easily easily reach the semi-finals as well. Cancelo will have played a lot of minutes and they do have a reasonable amount of defenders, Manchester City, who aren't at the World Cup or aren't playing loads of minutes at the World Cup. So he's one that I've got an eye on that I could potentially move on if I needed to free up a little bit of money to go with this premium. But 
again, I know when game week 20, 21 comes around, I'll want Cancelo anyway. So he's the most nailed of the lot. So I have just have just gone with him in here as my third Manchester City. Again, I just think that they're going to hit the hit the ground running and do really well with the amount of them not at the World Cup. Yeah, I think Cancelo, De Bruyne and, and Haaland is is difficult to to look past, given that Belgium have, have gone out early. And you're going. I mean, we're going straight into that game week 17 to 19 period where it's, you know, the 26th of December is game week 17. Uh, and then it's mm. the 30th December. So just a couple of days later, another game. And then the 2nd of January, it's even closer. So you want the City players, they've got the double game weeks as well. Yeah. They're the best yeah. team in the league. I mean, Arsenal currently are, but I think mm. City uh, will be definitely challenging them uh, you know, towards the end of the season, and and you know, Arsenal are going to have to stay at their, their very best if they're going to have any hopes yeah. of winning it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I think those three city spots. I was toying with Foden as well, but Belgium's early exit. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think De Bruyne is like just as I think he's just as important as, as Haaland. And if and if Foden again, if England are going to go far, but even if you know France and Foden's now part of that England starting lineup, it's a lot of minutes for him to play. And then if he's suddenly going back to Manchester City, where the likes of Grealish hasn't played very much, where Morris hasn't played mm. very much, there are a lot of them in those positions which could easily put Foden back in the position he was before the World Cup, where he wasn't getting enough minutes for us. Mm, yeah. I mean, how far ahead are you Are you kind of planning with this? Are you looking like five game weeks? Are you looking at the three, just targeting those 17 to 19? Are you looking at the doubles? I mean, you've got you've got quite a few players with, with doubles. You haven't got any, you haven't got any Spurs players, uh, for example. Kulusevski, I think, is going to be going to be quite popular. Um, but yeah, how, how, how kind of far in, in, into the future are you looking with this team? I'm looking at more than three weeks. I think looking at when I'm likely to play my other wildcard, it's probably... 10 to 15, around 30 to 35 is when I think we're likely to play it again. It will depend on when more doubles and blanks fall, but it tends to be where I play my my third, in this case, second official wildcard. So with that in mind, I do need to look at sort of five, five or six game weeks with an eye on the doubles as well. What I have done with this draft, though, is look at defensively and in goal. I actually have got what I think is defense and goalkeeper that I don't need to touch really and I base that more on picking reliable, proven assets that we've had mm. this season that play for defences that I think will keep a lot of clean sheets. And then I can use my transfers to move around my attackers based on their doubles and blanks as well. Kepa and Ward, as you said, I think will be very popular. People might want to save money and go for Ward and Iverson, which I think is fine. It's just the first two games that Chelsea have after the break, which does make Kepa a good option, whereas Ward has a couple of difficult games in there. Dallow... And white as my cheap ones, which will rotate around Trippier and Cancelo, I really like as well. Again, we'll have to wait for news on on Ben White, but I think come game week 17, he's probably going to be back with that Arsenal team. And then Dallow looks great. He's good for bonus and their fixtures are really nice to start after the break. Mm. My only concern is how far they go in the World Cup, although he's not actually playing any no. that many minutes for them as well because it's Cancelo and uh, Guerrero at the moment. So even if they go far, he should be fine once once game week 17 rolls around. So defensively, with Patterson as the 4.0, who I had earlier in the season, who's a pretty nice pick and a pretty quality asset when Everton are on their day, although they've not been recently, I'm pretty happy with that back seven and not having to use a transfer on it unless there's an injury or something like that. Yep. Let's talk a bit about Chelsea, because you're a Chelsea fan, mm. and we uh, yeah. argue a bit about certain players uh, and taking my manager and you mocking the Brighton team. But let's not get, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that now. Let's talk about mm. Chelsea. Do you think, <laughs> do you think Kepa is a classic trap because everyone's going to have him, right? Everyone's going to have him. And, you know, there is the threat of Mendy 
knocking around. I know we've got Ward who can come in if, if Mendy does does play. Um, but you know, M- Mendy is around and is now out, so he's he's going to go back and have a bit of a rest. Chelsea have been poor defensively under Potter in you know in the, in the months that he's taken yeah. over, and the fixtures are nice and really nice, and that's the kind of enticing, inviting thing. But there's going to be a lot of rotation in that 17 to 19 period because yeah. Potter does anyway and he's going to want to keep people fresh. Do you think he's going to be a classic like free one-pointers and everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, that was predictable? Or is it, it a real deal? It could happen. <laughs> it could happen. But I, I look at a lot of our concerns have been injury-led, particularly in our defence, right? And Fafana's very likely to be back. We're also very likely to have Reese James yeah. back. And I also saw, saw something the other day that says Chilwell is not that far away from from being back. He's gone with the training early. camp, hasn't he? To, um... Yeah, he's gone, which means if mm. those three are back and then we're playing Koulibaly, who's now out of the World Cup, okay, Thiago Silva's the concern. He's going to go very deep into the World Cup and likely play a lot of minutes, which means over that Christmas period where there's already too many games for someone of his age to play, he's plus going to play the pretty full World Cup. Is the only concern that I have. We'll have to fill in with someone in that centre um, of defence. But if the others are likely to be back fit, that's suddenly a defence that I think, yeah, okay, we're going to look a lot better. I think Fofana coming back again will mm. instantly be a big boost. And I'm not sure necessarily people are focusing on it enough with the likes of Reese James and Chilwell out, but we've missed him. And he was really good the few games that he was available for us. I do think it will be Kepa. Mendy's World Cup, he's had, I think, one good game. The others have been a little bit back to suspect Mendy that we've seen at Chelsea um, over the past few months as well. So I'd be surprised if it is not Kepa back in goal and at 4.5 million, he's by far the cheapest way. A lot of people have mentioned to me, well, am I not going to go with Reese James in my defence for his price and with the other assets we've got in there? I think it's unlikely that I'm going to end up with Reese James in my team and he maybe he's not going to want to rush these pre-injured players back in and play them three times over Christmas. So it does feel like a cheap way back into that into that Chelsea defence. So I do like it. If it was any more expensive, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. I think is the way to do it. But if you look at any other 4.5 goalkeeper, he's surely the best of the lot are down there. You could go, you've got Gaiti, you've got Sanchez in there around there. But if you've got the option of a Chelsea goalkeeper at 4.5, I feel like we take it. If you've got the money. If not, Iverson Ward, I have no problem with. I think, that, yeah, I mean, a Chelsea goalkeeper at 4.5 on its own is is one thing. A Chelsea goalkeeper with Bournemouth from Forest. Yeah, is is another thing, and then a Chelsea goal group, Bournemouth Forest, and then a double game week. <laughs> yeah, in nineteen, exactly. you know, yeah. it is. It, it it does seem a bit too good to be true, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, which is why it will probably inevitably go go terribly. Probably wrong. Yeah, yeah. all people that got rid of Ramsdale's and Pope's and and stuff yeah. will be be wishing they they had him back. Um, yeah, I mean, defense defense looks really good. Uh, White's been been really good for me. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer. I definitely prefer him at right back, um, to centre back. Just feels like he's got a little bit of attacking yeah. threat. Um, yeah, he's played yeah. a lot. I still have a slight doubt in my mind uh, if they have a double game week, they have a lot of fixtures, whether Tommy Asu, for example, mm. comes in and plays one of them. That's still in the back of my mind. And do I free up the money to go with one of the two centre-backs who will play every game? That's the only thing I look at with this team and think when they have their double coming up, when they play three times over Christmas, is Ben White going to go and play all three of them? I think yes. And I think he's still my favourite. If I'm not going to start them every week, I don't want Saliba, I don't want Gabriel. They're too much money if I'm not going to start them every week, mm. which I'm not going to do in this team. But that is my only thought. And I still have that doubt of Tommy Asu coming back in. And maybe I shouldn't have it because Ben White's been really good this season. Yeah. But I still have that little bit of lingering doubt in the back of my mind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some good options around that. But I mean, you've got Patterson, mm-hmm. for example, who's, who's going to come in as cheap. You've got Dallow and Shaw, United. Uh, Castagna has also been good for me. 
um, mm. at Leicester as well. Maybe you go for one of the Brighton defenders if you're if you're you know Stupin Ian's got knocked out and he's looked quite good in attacking. I'm just going to keep mentioning them. <laughs> I mean, what about the Spurs uh, wing backs? You know, Perisic has been disappointing, hasn't he? Uh, for yeah. us, FPL is he? I mean, you haven't got any Spurs in this team. Is there any you know Kane, Kulusevski, Son, any of them you're thinking about? Yeah, so I had Kane in my first draft and it was Kane over De Bruyne until mm. De Bruyne got knocked out and Kane threw to the quarterfinals, which was when I made the switch. Defensively, I'm just not going to do it. The wing backs for me is just too much of a nightmare. It's too much rotation on both sides. I've been burnt by both Perisic and by Doherty um, over the course of the opening parts of the season and I don't really want to do it. They're not starting consistently enough. When there's a double game week, you can bet all your money that they're going to start one of them each as well so i feel like there's enough doubt in there that there are enough good options at cheaper prices as well that i would that i would rather go with if doherty for example nailed down a spot then i may look at it but i just don't think that's ever going to get to the case where unless there's big injury to one of them but a lot of them can play on both sides as well so still i just don't see me going defensively for them Kulisevsky again. So one of the big things is if I decide not to go with the premium, it frees up a lot of money, but I could downgrade De Bruyne and then it would easily allow me to go and get Kulisevsky into my team. So at the moment, I have no Spurs. I am looking at it. If Kane was out already, then Kane may well be in this one. But at the moment, I have none of them. I just don't see where I get them in if I do want a premium. I think it's the it's the tricky thing. I think we had it in game week one. It was kind of hard to find differentials without having to mm. sacrifice players that we knew were going to do quite well. Like I went I went like against Martinelli for example, yeah. game week one, and I did that mostly because I saw him in everyone's team, and mm-hmm. I thought I know he's a good prize, I know he's a good player, but you know he's like ninety percent effective ownership or something on on, yeah. the, on the Twitter template, and I'll try and be clever. And that kind of backfired. And it almost feels a bit like that with... I mean, I look at your four in midfield, Alma and Martinelli, Salah and De Bruyne. I mean, you could take a punt on like a Kulusevski. I mean, he's a, he's a good punt. He's, he's been really mm-hmm. good. You could take a punt on like a Madison or, you know, um, yeah. or Diaz or someone. But mm-hmm. you'd have to get rid of one of those four midfielders who yeah. all look really strong. And it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's tough trying to weigh it up, isn't it? The risk and reward. Yeah. And actually, so... I'd like the Madison pick a lot. And my actual plan originally, so I've got Marshall in my forward line and I would much prefer Rashford. I think without Ronaldo there for the time being, unless Gakpo signs, for example, Martial will likely lead the line for them. But if I was to go with a two up front and go with Andreas up to Rashford and Martial down, I prefer Rashford, but it does bad things to my squad structure and my depth because I then have a 4.2 like Greenwood, who's not going to get a lot mm-hmm. of minutes. And then I have Rashford, but it would allow me to maybe try and manoeuvre Rashford up to the likes of James Madison when those fixtures swing. So, but yeah, I agree. If I'm going with a premium, that sort of seven to nine million midfield bracket is very, very difficult for me to go and get to. Um, and it's, I don't have one in this. I've got two cheap ones and two premiums. But yeah, as you say, if there's any of those mid-price ones that do well, it's very hard for me to go yeah. and get them. And it, I love the premium, but it does concern me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you, you like you say, you, you drop down from a salary to Bruyne and then end up having loads of money left in your bank. And yeah. you, it feels kind of quite unbalanced. I mean, you could do Cancelo down to a much cheaper defender and then upgrade yeah. Martinelli up. But Martinelli's a funny one, isn't he? Because mm. I've got him and I, again, similar to how I was in game week one, I almost don't really want to keep him because, you know, he's, he, is, he is with Brazil. Okay, he's not playing mm. a lot, but I'm expecting Brazil to get right into the later parts. They have got options. You know, Nelson yeah. came in and, and, and did well. And he's you got to think he's not going to start those three games over seventeen to nineteen. So I, I want to take a punt on on someone else, 
you know, around, and that, you know, I know he's like seven million now. So you, if you could find the money to go up to Kulusevski, but then you've got all that money tied up in him. Mm. He's an annoying. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, mm. got so much money tied up in him, which is basically like I'm not. I'm at the point where I'm not considering taking him out no. because once their double comes around and once their fixtures that get a lot better from the likes of game with 21, 22, I know I'll want Martinelli in in my team. Again, we've heard rumours of how long uh, Gabriel Jesus is going to be out for, for Arsenal. And I don't think that boosts them. People saying they're going in and buying Ketia straight away. If anything, I think <laughs> I don't really want their attack. I actually am a little bit concerned about how they're going to look going forward as soon as you take Jesus. Although he's not scoring goals, he's very, very key to how they play and how good they've looked this season. So without him, there is a slight doubt about how they look. Is it Martinelli going to go up front? Is it going to be Nketiah that's going to go up front? Is it Smith Rowe? Is he going to go and play out wide with Martinelli up front? There's a little bit of doubt exactly how they're going to set up. Their fixtures to start, as you say, they're very close. Is he going to play all of them? And then West Ham, Brighton away and Newcastle is, is far from easy. Mm. So if I didn't have value tied up in him, he might not be here, but I've got so much value tied up in him and I know at some point I will want him back and selling him is is a big, big risk knowing how highly owned he is going to be. And actually, he could do well. It's not just that, you know, he's highly owned. I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I do think he can do well when he starts. He's one of their main goal threats. He's on set pieces as well. But I understand what you mean, but there are a lot of players who aren't necessarily going to play all three over Christmas as well. It's not just him. Yeah, I, I like Enketia, you know. <laughs> I saw that Jesus news and I thought, oh, that sucks for him. But then, like a proper FPL addict, my immediate thoughts like, are, oh, Game mm. Week 17 is coming round. <laughs> Maybe that does boost Enketia. And again, he's he's a funny one, isn't he? Because he was great for us towards the end of, of last season. He came in, yeah. he was really cheap. They didn't really have any other options. Um, and yeah, and, and you know, he, he, he did well. And then we kind of thought again this year, I think it was, it was about 7 million, isn't he, his price. We thought, oh, maybe he can yeah. carry on doing it. Then they signed Jesus. Well, he got a new contract and then they signed Jesus yeah. and it kind of eliminated him. But I do wonder if he could be a bit of a, a template bust. I mean, him and Martial would be a really odd, like two strikers to, to use given mm. previous seasons. Yeah, I can't see myself going without Mitrovic now, especially now he's out yeah. as they've had their double put in, even though it is one of them is against Chelsea. I can't see myself going without Mitrovic, which does just leave that one forward spot up front. I just don't see myself doing the Enketia move for game week 17, unless we we know for sure that he's, he's going to be the one that goes mm. up there. He probably will, but it is possible that it's Martinelli with Smith-Rowe back fit and Smith-Rowe then goes out wide. That is possible. I don't hate the Enketia pun and I've got an equally punty player in Martial in my lineup, but I am just a bit worried about how Arsenal will look without Hayes there at all. Yep. Not very sensible. Uh, final player just to talk about is, is Almiron. We haven't, we haven't mentioned him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Again, we're, the striker spots, there's, there's so many options, really. I think that's going to be the one that we see some yeah. variety in. Because uh, we talked about Nketiah, Martial, Mitrovic, Haaland, Kane, you know, Nunes, we haven't really covered, but he's he's going to be popular. Wilson yeah. as well. And I think that's going to be the one of the key decisions in it, Wilson or, or Almiron. Yeah, and actually my first draft have both in. And then I was a bit like... Oh, there are so many good attacking yeah. teams at the moment that having both of them is is a bit of a concern. And Almiron is the cheaper of the of the two, and it did allow me to do a lot more. Whereas if I go for Wilson, for example, I'm then having to find another sort of sub six million midfielder to replace Almiron with. Again, Wilson at the World Cup, although he's not playing, he's not going with the sort of training camp um, that Newcastle have got. So again, Almiron with all the players, I expect him to do well. I don't necessarily expect him to be as consistent as it was before. Maybe that was why I didn't own him before, as I expected it to dry up 
dry up at some point, but he is a very rhythm-based player. And you could see it at the beginning of the season in the last few games when he was doing so well. He was really in his rhythm. And my concern is that he's going to have had a month and a half mm. not playing, is that he's not going to return to the level that he was at. And actually, if I know you're saying if you had to drop one of my midfielders to go and upgrade one of them, I think Almiron would be the first to go just because I just... I can't see Almiron continuing it. I can't see us getting to the end of the season and Almiron having, you know, 10, 15 goals and 5, 10 assists in the Premier League. But that's gonna, the preconception. Cut, cut that, that bit out and play that back to Well, you, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's a preconception that is a big issue and a big error to do when you're playing FPL. So I have got him in here because he is cheap. The opening start to the season is... It's not bad, Leicester and Leeds, and then a couple of difficult ones in there. His price is absolutely fine. He can rotate if I do have a difficult fixture for him. I'm not that sold by him, and I'm not sold as much as I think other people are. If he was over six million, I don't think I'd own him. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Is he is he like a gift? Is he a gift yeah. to us at five under six million still and, and returning mm. the way? Or is he just gonna be a player who yeah, can't get back to those. I mean, he doesn't need to get back to those levels, though, does he? No. At, at six billion, he only needs to get you a, a goal or assist every other game or something, and you'd, you'd probably be quite happy. With it's that. true, but then a lot of those you're going to have Isaac's going to be back, you're going to have some Maxman, you're going to yeah. have Wilson. There's suddenly a lot of attackers, and I'm not saying Almond's not going to play, but it, over Christmas again, there's just a lot of moving parts, and I've paid full price for him. I didn't have him until I started putting this team together, so I've paid full price for him. So. I don't really have much to lose if I did decide to bet against him. It does feel like one of those highly owned players that I could back against going into game week 17. Yeah, I think it is interesting having this this wildcard thing here because mm. there are players that a lot of people have got lots of value tied up in, which makes them reluctant to, to sell them. And yeah. Martinelli and Almer are, are two kind of key examples mm. uh, of that because I think a lot of people are going to keep them, not necessarily because they think they're going to score loads of points, but because they don't yeah. want to lose that that money. And that's mm. the kind of decision-making that, that we have to make. Um yeah. Harry, that's awesome. And that's your team covered. Uh, you'll be back doing some regular stuff for us uh, over the coming weeks as well. So everyone yep. look out for that. And obviously you've got your own channel as well, which you post some great stuff on. So check out Harry's channel on YouTube too. Uh, but Harry, amazing to talk to you and we'll speak again very soon. Thanks, Az.